Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I've got a bit of a different podcast for you guys. I'm going to break away from the usual interview format, and uh, I've got a, a guest in, Claire Bradshaw from the Art Career Academy, uh, once again. And, uh, and we're going to just talk about a subject that keeps popping up in conversations I've been having with uh, lots of other artists out there. You know, I spend a lot of my time around artists, and I speak with artists online, uh, you know, I collaborate with artists and I go to exhibitions and hang out with artists. I'm just around artists a lot of the time. And most of my friends are artists as well. And I just keep seeing patterns show up in conversations. And there's a lot of artists I know who are working either full-time or part-time in their, their jobs. And they want to take their art to the next level. Now, they, a lot of people seem stuck, and I, I, under, I, I completely know where they're coming from because it took, I felt that I was on the cusp of building my art career for, I think, over 10 years. I was sort of almost there. I was exhibiting. I was having you know, pieces in group shows. I was even having solo exhibitions, but I was, I was really reluctant to, to dive in there and create a career for myself, yet at the same time, I was yearning for it. It was a real dream of mine. So today we're going to talk about my journey and look at different aspects of building an art career. And the subjects we're going to focus around is, is building an art career and how to actually get it off the ground and then how to make money from your art and then also how to uh, make sustainable income so you can continue to grow your art career and you know, not have it just be like a six-month thing that you dip in and dip out of, but something you can actually you know, build your lifestyle around and, uh, and grow. Personally, I feel that there's never been a better time to be an artist than right now. Uh, but at the same time, an art career won't just fall into your lap. There's these things you need to, to do. You need to build your career and you also, uh, you know, need to get yourself out there and be seen and all these other things. There's, there's a lot more to it than just making art and hoping for the best or being discovered. You know, so we're going to go over these things today. Uh, you know, I love chatting with Claire about these subjects. Uh, she sent, tends to look at things from a different perspective than me. Like I think about a lot more about the doing and what, what you're going to do in order to make these things happen. And uh, Claire covers a lot more on who you have to be or who you need to be in order to make these things happen and how you think and, you know, the mindset around this stuff. So I love having these conversations and... Um, I hope you guys get a lot out of this. So, Claire Bradshaw from the Art Career Academy, welcome once again to Bench Talk. How are you going? Really well, thanks. I'm so happy to be here again. Um, and I'm so excited to tap into the topics today um, because, you know, Tom's been doing his podcast for what, six or seven years? Eight, actually. Eight, yeah, eight coming, years. Coming on to the eighth Okay, birthday. okay. Yeah, so, you know, a long time. And, you know, it's been such a journey for him because, you know, he started this podcast 
before he'd actually taken the plunge to going full-time um, as an artist. And, you know, he's he's done... How many interviews have you done? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm in the high 160s. Yeah, so yeah. you've done a lot of interviews with people to really find out, you know, what is it that they have done in order to create sustainable art careers. And you've learned so much. And from that, that gave you the confidence and the know-how to go full-time with your art career and you know something that Tom receives a lot of questions about whether it be at art exhibitions from other artists or you know emails through his podcast and also we get the same thing through ACA is so many artists are wanting to know how they too can go full-time with their art and really that is the reason why we're doing this podcast episode today to have a conversation to go back in time and uncover what he did what he was thinking um, and maybe there's some things in here that you can also tap into um, taking resonance from um, so that you can also be inspired and take actions yourself so really this is a conversation take what resonates leave the rest and we really hope that this serves you today so let's get stuck in hey you yeah. ready Tom oh yeah let's yeah. go yeah okay cool so I would love to know, when was the first time that you got the the thought or the vision of becoming a full-time artist? Let's go, like, rewind the clock and tell us when that was and what was sort of happening in your life. Um, I'd s- seen people do it a few times throughout my life. Like, I had friends who, you know, painted graffiti murals and didn't have a job other than doing that. And... Uh, also my uncle, as a child, my uncle was a cartoonist for the Sydney Morning Herald. So I saw that was the first, when I, when he did that, that was the first time I saw, oh, you can be creative for a living. So that, that sparked something for me. But then watching my mates sort of hustle to do graffiti murals, it, it sounded like a bit of a hard sell because they're, they were painting graffiti. They weren't painting, uh, you know, traditional art or anything like that. To me, it seemed like they were living the dream because they were painting every day, uh, yeah, it just seemed like a bit of a hustle that they were on and I wasn't sure if I wanted to enter that world. Um, and it wasn't until 2012, I was working at Christie's Auction House over in London as a graphic designer. And, you know, I got an insight. It was my first time of getting an insight into the art world, like the, the high-end art world. And I was realizing that so much money was being made off art and there were so many people involved, so many artists involved, and so many, so many artists I'd never even heard of. And that was the first time that something sparked within me. And I thought, you know what, I, I wouldn't mind giving this a go. So that was the first time I actually got the vision for it. But it, like, I tell you what, nothing happened for years after that. Like, yeah, it was years and years and years went by before I actually did anything about it. I chipped away and I actually had a few false starts as well. But that, yeah in 2012 working at Christie's that's where the the penny dropped for me Mm. yeah you know you started to see um evidence of people who were making full careers from their art you know you were looking at how much you know some of these pieces of art were going for and it was just like oh wow like you know there are ways of doing this and I remember you also starting to see some of the people that you had done graffiti with and street art with and they were starting to appear in those catalogues which made it even closer to being a possibility for you as well 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there were people who I like painted side by side with who were yeah. yeah, and I was laying out the catalogues, and then there's their art in there. Yeah, it turned out in the beginning it was one or two, mm. but by the time I finished working there, there was a whole bunch of people, and yeah. I thought, well, I always saw these people as being a few steps ahead of me, but you know, they weren't too, they weren't out of reach for me because I, I knew them personally. You know, yeah. some of them I hung out at their houses and studios with and all that. So it wasn't, um, yeah, it didn't seem too far away. Yeah, and that's a key part of it is, is collecting evidence of people who, who you aspire to be similar to but aren't too far along the journey. And that's such a big part of it because often if we look at someone who's like, 20 steps or 50 steps ahead of us it can feel out of reach but Mm. often when we can see evidence of other people doing the thing that we want to do and they're just a few steps ahead that gives us the permission to see how that's going to be possible for us as well yeah totally and it's also there's a a real um you know a lot of people i know like look to art history a lot and it's hard to really connect with art history if you you know if you're studying like uh matisse and picasso and all that you know, they, they were from a completely different era and um, different things were happening and they were breaking ground on different levels. Like, and even the art that they were creating were the first time that people saw art in that style. But now, if you came out with the same art, it just wouldn't have the same impact. So, um, yeah, and I think it's really good to sort of look at your contemporaries and, and uh, it, who's doing what right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And an important piece of this is like to gain inspiration from people who are a few steps of where you are. Um, sometimes the mind can go to a place of competition. So it's interesting when we make those comparisons that we stay within the realms of taking inspiration rather than going into comparison. So it's kind of an interesting place, but using those um, you know, other people who are a few steps ahead to inspire us and motivate us can be really, really helpful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've got a bit of a rule for myself. Mm. Like I try to never compete with yeah. other artists. I just don't think it's a healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just a bit of a yucky sort of feeling, especially when they're succeeding and you feel like you're not. Um, I prefer to collaborate with artists and cheer them on. If you're, you're in a certain group of artists uh, and people are finding success, it means that there's an opportunity for you to find success in there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're competing with them, I feel that you're sort of alienating yourself and you know running your own race. Um, and I've even come across artists who have that competitive mindset and they're too afraid to show any of their art because they're worried that someone might steal their ideas or, um, I don't know, things like that. The stealing of ideas is a big one for yeah. a lot of artists. Whereas yeah. um, I feel that if you, you've got an idea and it's good enough, you put it out there and you, you really hammer it home uh, yeah. that it's your idea. And if anyone tries to steal it, they just look like they're, they're biting your style. Yeah. They look like an imitation of you. Yeah. For sure. And it, but it's such an interesting one because, you know, as human beings, we tend to, when we go into a place of like comparison or looking at other people's inspiration, often the mind can go to a place of, you know, comparison or, or competition, you know, and it's, it's being aware that that, when that does arise, that there's nothing wrong, but actually starting to switch your mindset around to actually seeing it as inspiration, seeing it as like, if they can do it, I can do it too. Totally. Um, you know, but it is a complete mindset shift. And I think what was really interesting about what you were saying is that when we go into a place of comparison, then it can mean that we're not actually taking actions and we're too afraid to share our stuff, which means then actually we don't progress. 
Exactly. It creates division rather than unity. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of uh, amazing artists out mm. there. As we know, as all throughout art history, there's been, you know, tens of thousands or if not millions of amazing artists out there who have never been discovered because they keep all their artwork to themselves or they are you know they they don't do anything with it they don't show it no one knows that it's actually happening for sure for sure and I think another aspect of this that really can help you to stay in your own lane and um and see people's successes from a place of like, wow, that I'm so excited for them. And wow, if they can do it, I can do it too. And another aspect of that is um, knowing who you are as an artist and really owning your own uniqueness and knowing that there is space for absolutely everyone. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because we are all different. And, mm. uh, th- th- and I know that yeah, there's a lot of similar art out there, but um, if you that we've all got our own way of doing our thing, you know. So if yeah. you can really own that, you know, same with the handwriting, your dance moves, yep. the way you walk. You <laughs> the way know. you talk, everything, exactly. all of it, right? Yeah. We all have something special to offer. So exactly. I love that. Yeah. Cool. So so it was back in 2012, you're working at Christie's, you got this kind of vision that started to come through, this possibility that started to come through, you started seeing your contemporaries starting to rise and this kind of idea of like, ooh, what could be here for me? I would love this as well. So tell me, what happened from there? Uh, I started exhibiting a lot more. That was a big thing. I didn't know how I was going to make money off art. And I thought it was you, you sell paintings and that's how you make money, which is which make, makes sense, you know, and that is a viable art career right there. But I, uh, so I started exhibiting a lot more, but, and um, in London, I had a bit of a hard time with it. There's, it's a bit of a tough art market to crack into and I ended up moving to Barcelona after that and having a, a bunch of exhibitions over there. But once again, people weren't really buying art a lot in Barcelona. Not the, not the galleries that I was showing in anyway. They were a bit more street related. Sold a few paintings, but not enough to build a career out of. And then I tried uh, selling art online as well, but I was selling like small works for or low prices. And, um, and that once again, wasn't enough to sort of quit my job over. So I had a bit of a, you know, I was just trying out lots of different things and um, trying to find a way to actually make it work. Uh, but I realized that I needed a bit of guidance with it, I guess. And the big thing that changed for me is I started this podcast. I started interviewing artists about how they build their art career. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing for me. And I was, I was looking at online. I was trying to find similar podcasts or anything. It's like, you know, I was reading books, all that type of stuff. But um, I realized that I... You know, once when I arrived back in Melbourne, I realised I had a massive network of artists who I knew who are all making full time incomes off off their uh, artwork. Mm. So then I just started asking them all. <laughs> and that's and that was when this podcast was born. And mm. I think it was like, you know, by about episode twenty, I think I quit my job. <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those things that all of us go through where you get a vision, you're taking the actions. And, but then there's this gap between where you are right now and where you want to be and something needs to shift for the action to then result in you taking the plunge, you know, Mm. a decision needs to be made. Yeah. 
um, a decision to back yourself, a decision to commit, a decision to have a level of self-belief that I'm going to go for this mm. and I'm going to work out how. Yeah, totally. Like I, I remember that like, you know, I was doing these interviews and I was asking lots of questions, but all everyone kept saying to me is, you just do it, man. You just do it. And that's like, yeah, but how? <laughs> you know? And I was thinking about it and I was pretty miserable in the, the job I was in. Well, I was in lots, I was freelancing, so I was in lots of different jobs. But um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I've got to get out of this. I wasn't happy. And all I, I was just getting, I felt the art, that art dream getting closer and closer. And I was like, I'm, sooner or later, I'm going to take the plunge and do this. So I lined up a solo show uh, in Melbourne and doing all the artwork for that. And I remember it was getting really close to the deadline for the, um, uh, for the exhibition and I wasn't going to make it with a full-time job and just painting on weekends and after work I wasn't going to get there and you know something happened on uh, it was an incident at workplace and um, I left my job and then I thought that's it I'm just I'm not going to look for any other uh, freelance work you know and, until after the exhibition and then the exhibition came and I you know sold a bunch of paintings and I thought oh I can live for a few months off off this money and then I thought, all right, when the money runs out, if nothing has come through, then I'll go back to work. And then, I, and but because I had forty hours a week to spend working on my art and also working out how to, you know, you know make some money, uh, I just never actually went back to work. Mm. And um, I'm still doing it till this day. Yeah. But it's you know it's it it wasn't easy in the beginning because I actually didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have any tricks up my sleeve of how to make money. All I thought was like, oh, I've got to start find an ex a gallery and have another solo show. And I remember in those I think those first couple of years of uh, of working full time off my art, I think I had something a ridiculous amount of solo shows, and I was banging them out. Like <laughs> I was banging out the artworks as well. But um, you know, the first couple were successful, but after that. Uh, a lot of them were happening in Melbourne and people were just like another one really and it's like I started the sales started to dry up and I realized I needed to work out other ways of making money off my artwork that is yeah 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 yeah, totally because it was really trial and error and there weren't there there wasn't a course that you could do to help you with this stuff right it's Mm. like it was very much like trying to work it out on your own Mm. and I remember yeah you didn't really have a plan and it was just kind of like you know, throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping something works and something sticks, right? Yeah. Which is often, you know, the part of the beginning of the journey as well. Um, but then what I started to notice was that after, you know, a period of time of, you know, all of that trial and error, then things started to change and you started to get smarter in terms of how you were generating um, your income and the different types of projects you were taking on because you were play, putting yourself out there more then more opportunities then started to come your way like at the beginning of your journey it's like you know you've got to do a little bit more like putting yourself forwards and mm. being seen and all of that because without that no one knows who you are so you were doing a lot of that but then after a while then the opportunities started to come back to you without you having to kind of like look for them um and um you know and that was an incredible thing and then I noticed from there you started to kind of really diversify the ways in which you were generating an income 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I Like I found in the beginning, because I've been living overseas for six years, I came back to Melbourne and, and no one really knew who I was. Like All my old friends knew who I was. A lot of artists knew who I was, but a lot of people collecting art didn't, hadn't really heard of me. And uh, so I went on a, I guess I went on a big campaign to um, get my name out there and my art out there. You know, I, was, I really wanted some mural opportunities. I knew a lot of people were painting murals and making good money off that. Uh, and... I thought, oh, how do I get these mural opportunities? And I realized I had nothing to show for myself. I hadn't actually, like, yeah, I painted tens of thousands of walls, <laughs> but, mm. but they were mostly graffiti, you know. And, uh, and I'd done, done a bunch of walls that weren't graffiti-based, but they weren't in Melbourne and no one saw them. So I went out and, um, yeah, I got, I got myself a, a big wall on a really busy road and then uh, and I painted that myself. I had a, la- a ladder and roller poles with... You know, extendable roller poles and and got up pretty high doing all that stuff but uh yeah it wasn't the best mural it's still there today but a lot of people saw it and i made sure i i signed my name pretty clearly and everyone could see who did it and and through that it actually started to generate a bunch of stuff for me mm. um and then also I, I started uh painting a lot more on the streets as well and just networking a lot more you know, I was going to every exhibition that I could find and just, you know, speaking with galleries, speaking with other artists, speaking with collectors. Like I just, I, I just, I kicked into, all right, let's make this happen mode. Because I tell you what, the, the thought of going back to working in graphic design was just the last thing I wanted to do. And, um, it, yeah, it made me really kick into gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had that fire. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing was as well is one thing I realized that I, um, I made sure I wasn't trying to be anyone else as well. Like, cause I looked around and there was a lot of people doing this. Yeah. It's still, you know, you see it everywhere. A lot of people doing the same, like similar stuff. You can group people together and go, Oh, there's, there's 15 artists in the same city all doing a similar style or whatever. And I thought I want to do this my way. And, um, I want to do it in a way that I don't feel pressured to be anyone other than myself. And I feel that from staying true to that, uh, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of opportunities came my way. Because that, that way only I could do what I do. You don't have 15 people to choose from to do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You stayed in your own lane. You stayed in your uniqueness and allowed that to to um, be expressed out on the streets and to be seen from that place. Mm. Um, so were there some key kind of mindset things that really like helped you with taking the plunge or when I say mindset I mean like were there specific beliefs or specific thoughts that you generated within yourself to help you with that because for a lot of people there's a lot of fears that pop up yeah um I don't know I just it was like adrenaline (laughs) and fear of going back to work was a bit there was that was a big driver for me like I won't lie like i I just didn't want to go back to that old career. Um, and so there was a, a drive to make that uh, not be the case. And, but as far as mindset, I, just, I realized I needed to diversify ways of making money. Because as I said in the beginning, I thought, all right, you put on an exhibition and you sell paintings and that's how you make money as an artist. And I realized that that wasn't going to cut it for me. So then I was like, all right, how else can I make money and I started you know painting murals as well and then uh I, I worked out different ways of doing it and the mindset was just being open to possibilities and opportunities and then putting myself in situations where 
things would happen. It, it came back to you know what we were saying about you know art, amazing artists hiding indoors and mm. no one knowing them, knowing knowing who they are or what they do or anything like that. I, I went the opposite of that. Mm. I put myself out there, and also when I first started, I was doing everything under my old graffiti name, and then I realised that that's not who I want to be anymore. And you know, I, I went, I just changed, cut that off. Like the art didn't change. Mm. <laughs> I just it looked yeah. the same, but I just changed my name, and it's yeah. like, what do I want to be called, and who do I want to be? And you know, I really, um, you know, felt into who who I wanted to be in the like say the next five years or whatever. And I started moving into that straight away. And there was this other thing that I only realized on, in hindsight, like looking back on those years, is that I was, I was quite confident and I put myself in situations where I thought that I was pretty good at what I did and I realized I wasn't. Like I painted a lot of stuff, but I hadn't actually made like fine art or you know, contemporary art or anything. And so I didn't really know what I was doing that well in the studio but in my mind I thought I had all these years of experience behind me uh and that confidence actually went a long way uh so I don't know I'd say like to people out there who are a bit reluctant to put themselves out there is is it just go for it and you'd be surprised at what opens up before you're actually ready to do it but you just make it happen anyway and you there's always a lot of a lot of learning that happens in there yeah I remember as well you had a vision Oh, totally. Your vision, you know, like I know that there was an aspect of like, oh, I don't want to be in graphic design anymore and I want to make this art career work. But then a lot of your motivation was also having a vision of what it was that you did want, right? And that can be a huge motivator to continue taking action even when it gets hard and, you know, even when you're challenged in some ways, it's like, you know, it's your anchor. It's the thing that you keep coming back to and um, to bring you back to your kind of center and to keep you on course with yeah. where you were going. Yeah. Um, like one of the things I used to tell myself is, mm. is you, know, you wait one of these days, I'll be one of the, I'll be the artist in the Christie's catalog. Mm. Like that's what I used to tell myself all yeah. the time. You wait, my time's coming. Yeah. You know, I just got to get to work and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I still tell myself that. Yeah. I've got dreams that I feel that are, are, are bigger and better than that. that yeah. But, uh, you know, like that's something that, like, I know one of these days it'll happen. And yeah. I'll, I'll be like, there it is. I've been in like, catalogs for uh, you know, other auction houses and stuff. And it's like, oh, here we go. It's coming. <laughs> for sure. But that's a really huge part of the, the journey, right? Because if we don't have a vision, if we don't have like an idea of like, these are some of the things that I would love to achieve. These are some of the things that I'd love to um, head towards. Then it's easy to just kind of stay in your art studio and just keep painting but without taking any of the actions that are going to get you closer to where you want to go it's a huge part of it the other aspect that i picked up in what you were saying was this self-belief thing but then also um adopting the identity of what it is that you want to be seen as and adopting that now so some people talk about it act as if but really, it's just starting to step into that version of yourself that you know that's aligned with where you're wanting to head. 
Um, but starting to ask yourself the question, things like, well, what would a full-time artist be doing? What would they be saying to themselves? What actions would they be taking? And that's really where you start to step into that aspect of self. Because if you wait for someone to give you a permission, or if you're waiting for someone to find you, it's very unlikely that's going to actually happen. Mm. You have to step forwards yourself. And that's what I saw you do. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been one to wait for permission from people because, you know, I've had a lot of people talk talk me down in my life and I've sort of had to block them out and just keep charging forth, you know. Mm. Like even school teachers, everything. You know, people saying, yeah. oh, you're not ready yet or you're not that good or whatever. It's just like, ah, oh, whatever, man. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to do this anyway. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, but it's a huge part of it, right? Because if mm. we stay there and we continue to entertain the thoughts of I'm not ready yet or I can't do mm. this or I'm not allowed to and we all have all of that stuff going on, whether it's from like parents, school, you know, all of the things. Mm. But it's when we make the decision to go, ah, this is what I want, this is what I desire and I'm going to start to step into that version of myself now and I'm going to give myself the permission. Mm, totally. So we've covered off, you know, when you first got the initial vision of um, going full time with your art or starting to even entertain the idea of being an artist and creating a living from that place. We've then talked about what were the key things that kind of happened to encourage you to take the plunge but you're now eight seven eight years in um to go being full-time artist so after those first couple of years where you were kind of dabbling and exploring and experimenting and trying to work it all out what have you done since then to um to build your career i've just continued to surge forwards that's always like my mindset like surge forwards and and uh but also working out new ways of, of making income from my artwork as well. And, uh, and just realizing how many people there are out there in the world and understood that I was only a certain like small number of people knew who I was really. And it's like, you know, inner city Melbourne folk, really. That's all that knew about me. I, I was having a few things happen overseas and stuff, but I realized that I needed to, to get out there a bit more and, and also educate myself a lot more mm. because I only knew what I knew and I was just, that's all I had to, in my arsenal was my past experience. And so then, uh, you know, a big moment changed for me during COVID when I started studying art and I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast. Uh, you know, it was just via YouTube and then, you know, after a while you sort of, you know, start finding people here and people there around the internet and in books and all sorts of stuff. And I've, I've learned uh, so much about that, about art through doing that and, you know, being mentored by a lot of people as well. And yeah, just really started to turn my art into a business instead of me just making art and hoping for the best, which is like, that was my business model for years. Mm. Just go to the studio and make art network with people outside of the studio and 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 paint on the streets <laughs> that was my business model and i realized that i just needed to to sort of turn it into more of a um a small business and think more like an entrepreneur than 
than just a person who makes paintings, you know. And through that, it's really uh, it's really helped my my career, and it's helped me as a person and as a businessman, and it's made me feel a lot more grown up. Yeah. Uh, I felt like my business model was sort of like a 20 year old version of myself, you know, and I'm in my mid forties now. And then if you run around, like you're still in your mid twenties, it can, you can feel a bit of a disconnect. Like, Oh, am I the old guy doing this? You know, all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, th- I feel the big change happened for me. was through, through study actually. Mm-hmm. And through, yeah, looking at like in all forms of art and business. Yeah. And also there was a confidence thing that I, I, I didn't know much about art history. I just knew a lot about graffiti and street art and a little bit about art history, but mostly just graffiti and street art. Yeah. So I wanted to learn a lot more about that and also learn more technique as well because I thought that I'll just paint the way I've always painted and just get better and better naturally at doing that. And I realized that there was, you know, it wasn't really the case. I needed to like study painting techniques and you know, the fundamentals of art, you know, mm. color theory, perspective, like all the composition, all these like basic things that I just, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about when mm. I was creating my artwork. And I felt that through knowing all this stuff, it's made my art stronger and it actually makes it easier to sell and more appealing for people viewing it as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Mm. I remember, yeah, it was that kind of, 2019 2020 time when it was like something switched so it's like almost like you went for a couple of years of just doing all of the things that you knew and then it's almost like something switched where it's just like okay I need to broaden my horizons here and I need to start to look at different angles of aspects of having an art business and how can I do that and I remember you were like yeah reading the books listening to the podcasts you got mentoring support and all of those things you took things to the next level realizing that actually you needed to have all of that support in order to have an actual sustainable art business yeah Yeah. totally because I felt like I was just treading water as well you know it's yeah I just didn't feel like my art was getting any better for one uh, and I felt that I was selling to the same crowd over and over again. And it gets mm-hmm. to a point where, you know, where if everyone in that crowd has a piece of artwork or maybe some people have a few pieces, then they're going to stop buying mm. because they don't need any more. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew that I really wanted to get my art out there in front of a lot, lot more people. And that's still my mission till this till today. You know, yeah. continue to just get my art in front of as many people in the world as possible. Yeah. Uh, because you know it's, it's obviously it's not for everyone art's subjective I'm never going to appeal to everyone but if I can find enough people that like my art and especially you know people of different um, you know collectors who are looking for different price points as well like people who are looking for bigger uh, paintings that have a higher price tag it's it's sort of where I want to go and it's going to get me closer to that Christie's catalogue and, and other dreams that I have in yeah. my, my art career. Totally. Well, but again, it comes down to that vision, right? It's like kind of having that inspiration of like Christie's and seeing your, your contemporaries who have been featured in Christie's and knowing that's something that you would also like. It then helps you with the decisions that you're making in your own art business. Are they aligned with actually getting me to that place or not, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. 
Love it. So how did you make money? (laughs) That's what everyone wants to know. Like, how do you make money? And, you know, it's such an interesting thing when it comes to art, because obviously there's, you know, there's a lot of conditioning around, um, you know, what it means to be an artist. How are you going to support yourself? The starving artist. Like, there's so much conditioning that we've all had growing up. And, you know, you really worked on this piece and you've been really successful with it. So I'd love it if you could just break down how did you start to generate money and how did you work with that side of things in your business? In the beginning, I was just, I wasn't aware of where the money was coming from, really. Like I knew I was selling paintings or I'll get a mural job or this and that. But but one thing I started to do was tracking my earnings and you know keeping spreadsheets of you know month by month of what was happening and I, and you know if you do that for a few years you start to see trends you know at the end of each year i would look at what months were the highest earning months and work out why that was was it because of an exhibition or was it because of a big project or you know this and that and then i'd break it down to categories as well you know like for you know private commissions and you know exhibitions murals uh you know, online sales all, all sorts of things like all different ways i was making my money and seeing what was really performing in in what you know what was performing better than others and uh and also like feeling into what i i really wanted to be doing with my art career because i feel it's if you can see something working and you're making money from it but you're actually miserable doing it <laughs> then there's no point in doing it uh, so I started to work out what I really wanted to be doing and what was taking me towards, you know, my dreams and goals as well. So it was, you know, really tracking it. And also through all my study, I was like studying a lot of like how to make money as an artist as well. So I was learning new techniques and new, new, uh, ways of actually generating an income as an artist. So, um, yeah, like it continues for me. Like I've like, I've worked out a whole strategy for 2024 and, you know, we're only halfway through January. So, um, yeah, like, but this year it's like, I'm trying out all these new techniques for, Mm. for growing my art business, but it's more, a lot of it came from being aware of where I wanted to go and and what's been working in the past. And, uh, there was another thing that I've always, um, kept in my mind. It was, it was around uh, making my art accessible for everyone so having different price points for my art as well so making sure that people you know like the cheapest piece of art of mine is it's 300 bucks and you you know so if you've got 300 bucks you can buy some of my artwork but i made sure that i also had art that appealed for people who were looking to spend a you know twenty thousand dollars and over and i still created artwork for that price point as well and everything in between so uh you know i always made sure that my um yeah, I'm appealing to the different levels of collectors as well. Yeah, I love that. I know mm. that you've been really strategic in terms of like how you've planned out your year. And and I think a key thing was like looking at the data. And it's something that a lot of us might, um, you know, not see as important or maybe avoid. But actually looking at where your sales are coming from and looking at the categories and things like that gives you so much information that you can then use to then help support your future kind of plans in your business. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's completely shifted for me at the moment. You know, I was like very city-based mm. with my artwork, but now I'm living sort of rural. <laughs> and, uh, and, I've had, and I and I couldn't rest on all those old old ways 
that I was making money. Like I, I and it, it changed overnight for me. I thought, oh, the, this happened in the past. I'll do this, and it, it just wasn't working because it, that worked really well in the city where people knew me, but it doesn't necessarily work around here. But it, like another thing I wanted to say as well is one thing that I never tracked was what types of paintings sell. Because like, when I say what types, I mean like what, what subject matter is within the paintings or what color, because I know people do this, you know, and I know the auction houses do this, mm. you know, they say green paintings don't sell well or whatever, or blue paintings sell better or, you know, red paintings sell the best or whatever. And I didn't ever want to uh, have my art dictated by a spreadsheet. Uh, so with the art itself, I let that just flow through me and just paint wherever my creative flow was going and I still continue to work that way till till today but uh you know if there's paintings that people want that I've done in the past and you know I can and they can commission me and I can do a similar painting for them I've got no problem doing that at all because it's all my art but uh as far as thinking you know thinking of what's worked in the past you know should I just rehash that old, old idea of I have done that in the past and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just don't think the right energy was in it. People could see it. They could say, oh, you just knocked this one up, I can tell. Um, whereas I like to challenge myself with a painting and yeah. sort of really think about it and be inspired by it and be excited by the artwork. Yeah. I think that's such an important distinction, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think, you know, having an art business, it's like, you you know, tracking your numbers and tracking your data and stuff. All of that's really important. And also ensuring that you're not doing that in terms of your actual creativity, that you're not being prescriptive over yeah the colours and the and um, the particular types of artwork based on what sold well in the past or what's worked well. So I'll just keep repeating myself doing the same thing over and over again. That you allow the creativity to continue to flow through, so that you stay in that you know that creative inspired place. Totally, totally. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. And then maybe we've already touched on this, but, you know, how have you sustained things since then? You know, like obviously financially, but also in terms of your mindset. Yeah, I recommend like there's there's a sort of combination of a bunch of different things. I feel like a big thing is having a vision of like who you want to be as an artist and, and where you're going with your art career. And you know, sort of fast forwarding into the future and thinking like, where, where do I see myself? Like, what am I actually working towards? Because if you can have that vision, it, it helps you make decisions. Like there's sort of people that I see at certain levels and I think oh, I want to be like them. And then opportunities come my way. And I think, you know, sh- should I take this opportunity or not? And then I, I'll, I'll think, what if that person took that opportunity? How would I, how would I perceive them? And, and it helps you make decisions so it's really good to have a vision um and also where you know it helps you make decisions on where you're showing your work and how you're showing up and all that type of stuff um another thing that's really helped me is being organized in the studio like there's a lot to be said for being organized and also really keen and just loving it really like you know if, if you're miserable <laughs> doing it then there's no point in doing it because you know, art's a very joyous activity and, um, you know, find what works for you. And, and even if you're not, if you're not enjoying the type of art that you're making, then it's maybe opportunity to con- reconsider 
the art that you're making and do something that's more enjoyable for yourself. Uh, it's also a, like one thing I'm always thinking about is like like evolving my style. It's something that we've had a conversation about on the the podcast. Is is more like you know evolving your art and your art practice and your art business and all that. But but constantly evolving your style and your your and growing your business and um and if you think like that then you're always on the hunt for ways that you can do that and they will show up because you you've got awareness around it uh and just looking for new ways to to make money as an artist like you know it's it's the number one thing well actually there's two i find there's two things that i've learned through all these interviews with artists and a lot of the artists are stressing about uh, either making money or is their art good enough and um, usually when you're really stressed about money you're not even thinking if you, is your art good enough you're just thinking about that you need to make some money you know and then the money starts coming through and you get quite can be quite comfortable with the money and then you start stressing about the art is it even any good like what am I doing here and all that type of stuff where if you can work with yourself on these things you know work of with new ways of making money as an artist, but also be really confident with the art that you're putting out there. I think it just makes for a very happy art career. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, And we really hope and trust that the podcast today has been of help. The, the pure reason of doing this podcast was really to provide a bit of a, I suppose behind the scenes of you know what Tom has done being the host of this podcast and all of the interviews that he's done and also going on this journey himself um but also um yeah to to provide um some inspiration as well ah uh, thanks Claire it's uh I always get a lot out of these conversations it's like I think about this stuff all the time and I'm you know in the studio on my own working away uh and it's only through these conversations that I I get a lot of insight into you know, how far I've come and, um, and I just love parting with this knowledge and, you know, hopefully inspiring other people to, to do the same. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, if you are an artist and you are currently wanting to go full-time with your art career this year and you have enjoyed this conversation, you're like, oh, I would love to delve deeper. I want to know more about this stuff so that I can go full-time with my art. Then we wanted to let you know that we have a course called Going Pro. Maybe you've heard about it already. And it's specifically for you if you're feeling frustrated not knowing how to build your art career and you want to feel confident and clear on the pathway forward. This course has been created due to the fact that so many people are, have been asking Tom for support um, from his podcast um, and we've had you know a lot of inquiries as well and so we wanted to provide more of a step-by-step supportive system in which to give you a pathway forwards um, and so we have a six-week course that can help you to do that it's called going pro and we're starting at the end of february so if you would like to be on the wait list to get the exclusive vip pricing that's starting this week then you just have to head to artcareeracademy.com sign up to the wait list and then you will be in the running to get those um, initial vip prices um, and we are really passionate about helping you to bring your artistic dreams into reality so we just want to thank you if you have listened to this podcast um, and we're really excited for 2024 yep let's go <laughs> 
All right, Claire, thanks again for coming on and uh, having a chat. I've done these podcasts in the past on my own and they are torturous <laughs> for me. So actually having someone to sit here with and have a conversation with, it just makes it a million times uh, more enjoyable and easier and it's better for everyone. So, um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, it's been super fun. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye.